This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Tis the season for festive football and the best way to watch it? Down at your local Green King Sports Pub, of course. After all, Christmas is a time to catch up with friends old and new, so get the team to your local for refreshing pints, delicious food and live action of every Christmas cracker. Every fixture from TNT, Sky and Amazon is live at Green King Sport. That means wall-to-wall action on their huge HD screens. Head to your local Green King and watch every winning goal, top bins volley and dodgy VAR decisions in an atmosphere worth sharing. Download the Green King Sport app and you'll receive 10% off drinks every single time there's sport on the telly. You're listening to the West Ham Way podcast with Dave and X. Oi, oi! Hello and welcome to the West Ham Way podcast with myself, Dave Walker, and XWH employee. It's an unbeaten start for West Ham in 2024, though it wasn't a performance that will live long in the memory. Unlike our trip to Arsenal after Christmas, we discuss both games, put things into perspective, the mystery of Maxwell Cornet and the upcoming FA Cup tie with Bristol City before getting a comprehensive news roundup from X and answering questions from Patreons of the West Ham way. Happy New Year, everyone. We hope you all had a fantastic festive period and we wish you well for 2024, which X is so far an undefeated year for West Ham. (laughs) (laughs) However, however, the nil-nil draw at home to Brighton was greeted by boos from some of the fans. Can you understand why? Um, That's a good question. I mean, I was obviously at the game and it was actually the first time I'd taken my son and my um, middle daughter to their first first ever West Ham game, plus my nephew, my two nephews as well. So it was like quite a a big occasion for us. And obviously Mm. I wish I'd picked 
a more exciting game. I mean, the game was pretty dire to watch, to be honest with you. And, you know, I was a bit disappointed in the performance. I was especially disappointed in the second half when I thought he could have gone for it more um, and tried to make us more attacking. And he, the obvious choice for me was to bring Cornet on at some point, and he didn't. So I ended up getting frustrated. I came away thinking, how do I feel about this? And initially, my gut reaction was I'm annoyed that, you know, I think we could have taken the three points and that we would have been on such a good run before. But that was my way of calming myself down I thought well if you said to me at the start you know Wolves Manchester United Arsenal and Brighton who don't forget our bogey side of us um, you know you're going to get 10 points you know and the clean sheets in every game and if you said to me at the start of the season you're going to play Brighton and you're going to get 4 points from the Brighton games and one of those games is going to be when you haven't got Kudos Pakitar Zuma Aguirre Sh- uh, Shafal, um, if that's every single one I've remembered but you know that's for that five players um, then I would have said okay I'll take that I know Bryson had a lot of players out but at the end of the day it's annoying we didn't get the three points because the league table would look great but in the grand scheme of things it's it's not a bad result and again booing it's just a I don't know what it is it's just a a reaction of West Ham fans at times it was a boring game I agree and it was frustrating but to boo and then I go on social media and it's this is why I don't want David Moyes as manager and I'm like can we just give it a rest seriously until the end of the season let's just see where we are we're miles away from a relegation battle. We're doing well in Europe. Let's just try and enjoy the season and see where it takes us. I, I think you're spot on. I, I mean, listen, it was a terrible game, terrible game to watch. Absolutely painful. But I, I agree. We do have to put it into perspective. We did have five or six first-team players missing. Um, that included two of our best and most creative players, by the way. I think it might have been a different story last night if they were playing. It was our fourth consecutive clean sheet, which, interestingly, the last time we did that was in 2014 in the Premier League. Four straight clean sheets, which is something to be proud of. And that draw made it 10 points from four games, like you say, making us start the new year in sixth place. We can't ask for that much more, can we? But is there an argument to say that we shouldn't accept that performance and that result? Does it lack a winner's mentality? Is the fact that we're prepared to take a point at home against Brighton, who are also missing players, like you say, the difference between a club like West Ham challenging for the Champions League place or not? You know, quite possibly there is that argument, but when you when you put it into the grand scheme of things, you know, we have just beaten Arsenal away from home convincingly. Yeah. You know, we have just um, beaten Wolves very convincingly, who are one of the form teams at the moment. You know, and you, you, you can say, well, that's a winner's mentality. You've beaten, you know, a team in the, you know, that asked all that are challenging for the title away from home. These games are always going to, yeah, yeah, and Tottenham as well, yeah. And these games are always going to catch up on you, particularly when we've, you know, like I was, you know, listening to Arsenal, they're saying it's caught up with them. They've they've got a bigger squad and played less games than we have over the season, and they're talking about it as are other clubs. There are going to be moments in that season, and they'll be in every team seasons. Look at Manchester City. You know they've had their difficulties this season Arsenal have had their difficulties this season look at Newcastle everyone was talking about how well they're doing and now they're talking about sacking their manager you know there's there's gonna be games where things don't go that well and yes and yes ideally we would have been Brighton Brighton are a team that we should be beating but they're not you know Sheffield United they are a team again that everyone said oh look how well Brighton are doing look how good a manager Zebri is and stuff so yes ideally we would have 
won that game. But in the grand scheme of things, if you're rational about it, a draw in those circumstances is not a terrible result. Of course, everyone wants the three points. And if we're going to ever win the league, then we're going to have to. But let's be honest. Is it realistic to even expect West Ham to be to win the league? I'm not sure. When you consider you've got Man City, Liverpool, Arsenal, you know Chelsea, Manchester United, Tottenham, Newcastle, Aston Villa, all these clubs that are you know arguably bigger clubs with more finances and so on. I think we're we're doing well and. Yes, it, you know, like I said, you want to win every game you play, but even title winners, when they win the, the, the league, there's games that don't go completely to plan. And you could argue that yesterday does show a winning mentality because despite having all those players out and actually not playing that well, we still managed to hold on for a, a point against a, a decent team. Mm. Yeah, no, I, again, mate, I, I I do agree. I mean, a, a lot of the faults I have about David Moyes, you share as well, because I do think we're both balanced with our opinions on David Moyes, but I, I totally agree. I, I think, look, whilst there are still some frustrations, I do think sometimes we fail to be realistic with West Ham. And it's about getting that balance, I think, between rightfully having a high expectation for West Ham, as I think we should do for this football club now after leaving Upton Park, being in a 66,000-seater stadium, um, spending money on a really good squad, etc. I think we should have high expectations. But I think you made a really good point there in terms of there are so many teams in the Premier League that have high expectations and they are dropping points and they are struggling to fit into the top four. So it is getting that balance, isn't it, between having a high expectation and being realistic with West Ham. Mm. I think it's important that we try and get that balance if we can. Oh, definitely, mate. And, and, and listen, every manager is going to have their thoughts, and David Moyes has plenty. I mean, yesterday, like most fans, I can't understand why he didn't bring Cornet on um, when things were looking, you know, we needed something different, a bit of pace, a bit of energy. I thought for now, it just wasn't involved in the game at all. So that would have been the obvious sub for me. I would have given... Um, Lewis Orford a chance you know I know he's young 17 which people seem to forget because you know he's in that group of you know Mabama and stuff but they're all a year above him so Lewis Orford is a young academy player if you brought him on instead of Suchek who again you know the ongoing debate with him I think didn't really do anything all game you know he might have added a bit of creativity a bit of energy in there and that's what I would have done. I would have brought those two on. So, so that is frustrating that, you know, he doesn't do that. And then there's the other frustrations where, um, you know, like we've said, sometimes the football's negative. Sometimes there's too much respect shown to your position. The random dislike of players. Cornet being the, the current one. Um, Connor Coventry, another who just can't get any minutes despite apparently being one of the better players each week in training. And, you know, there's, there's definitely things that David Moyes could do better. But then it's the same for every manager you know you speak to any fan they would tell you that Klopp doesn't do this or Guardiola doesn't do that or Arteta doesn't do that and I think when you put it into perspective you know you can't look at that league table and go oh bloody hell we need to get rid of him it's just ridiculous when we're sitting sixth we're, 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 I think Champions League if I'm correct will be fifth this year you know we're gonna, it's going to be a tough gig to get there but, we, but we're as close as we can possibly be without being there at the moment and you, know, and you want progression in your manager we were at this point last year I don't know what the actual points difference is but it must be huge we were fighting relegation last year and now look at us like I just wish 
fans could try and enjoy it a bit more because there will be seasons and you and me and many other West Ham fans have experienced seasons a lot worse than what we're currently experiencing now. Let's just try and get behind the team, see where we end up. And I genuinely believe if we can create a really passionate, united fan base, that will give us an extra strength. And who knows what we could end up doing. Mm. Do you think, I mean, we, we, we often talk about what the fans expect from the club. Do you think the club are within their rights to expect more from the fans? I think so, yeah. I, I, I think David Moyes will be disappointed with the reaction he gets, you know, being booed after a nil-nil with Brighton. You know, Brighton have just battered Tottenham, uh, like, you know, a game before, totally outplayed them. And I know they're a bit hit and miss, and I know they had a lot of players that were out, so it wasn't their strongest team. The same applied to us. You know, if you was to pick... Aside from Bowen, I guess, so, like the players you wouldn't want to be missing. One's your captain, the other's your Brazilian superstar, your other's your star boy from Ghana. You know, aside from Bowen, you, that's the, the, the ones you wouldn't want to miss. We're missing all of them. And so, you know, I think to be booed off, and, and you know, I was sitting there frustrated. I'm not going to say I was sitting there loving life. I wasn't. And I was saying to my kids, you know, it's not always, that, you know, this boring <laughs> games can be more fun. West Ham do score goals you know and people will say well Moyes is boring but I don't think it is I wasn't bored at Arsenal I loved it at Arsenal so you know but yeah so I was frustrated yesterday but again to boo like I think it just it makes it make, and I don't think it was a large pe- amount of people booing it was only a small because I was there I didn't hear, hear much um, but it just makes me it's, just, it's the other reactions on social media it just makes me think to myself like you know there's of all the football clubs in the whole of England, right? Or England and Wales, we are sixth out of all of them. In And think how many football clubs there are in the world. So there's only five clubs in England above us that can say, by the definition of the table, they're having a better season than us. So why are we the ones that are getting all the press of being so unhappy? I just, I think, I think, like I said, I can't, force fans to be support David Moyes I can't force fans to be supportive all the time everyone's entitled to their opinion their opinion is just as valid as mine is as the next person's but I just do wish if I could press a magic button we would have a fan base that didn't just get so angry all the time one result is doesn't go quite to plan and just stay supportive and positive because it would just be better for everyone in, in all aspects yeah well, you mentioned him earlier, and I do think we should take a little bit more time to talk about him in more detail. Maxwell Cornet, right? I mean, if ever there's an opportunity to get some minutes under his belts, it was in yesterday's game, wasn't it? Because, mm-hmm. you know, he's quick, he's direct, and he's versatile. You know, we've struggled on the left wing at times this season, at times playing players out of position, Paqueta being the prime example. He could have come and played left wing yesterday. He could have played up front yesterday and have Jared go on the right. But it just doesn't feature. Why? Why is that? Have you got any inside info as to what is going on with Maxwell Cornet? Well, it's funny you should ask that, mate, because literally when I was preparing the questions for the final section of the show, I would say 75% of the questions asked the exact same thing. Really? And then, yeah, then on my Twitter account, on the, pretty much the same 75% of everything I was tagged into last night asked the same question so I thought well for the second section of the show I've got to research this to to do what's you know what I say I do for West Ham fans and bring them news and answers so I spent pretty much 
most of last night after the game and this morning trying to get an answer. So I've contacted maybe three or four people that would have a connection. So I've contacted a, a, a teammate, well, a former teammate, but a recent teammate. I've contacted someone within the management side of things. I've contacted someone within the ownership side of things. I've contacted someone that works just sort of at the, at the training ground in a minor role, but can, in terms of the, the first team, but that can get a, gets a general feeling for things. So I've literally done my research on this and I would say 90% 95% of the answers were they don't get it either so it's wow. so, so that's quite a, quite a something and those that went into a bit more information just kind of said um one mentioned the fact he's got this calf injury which was when if you remember when he was out last season was described by the um, specialist as something like a one in, I can't remember the actual numbers, but something like a one in million injury or whatever he'd never seen before. He's only seen it twice, one, I think once before in his life or something. And this is like a top, top surgeon for calves. So whether that means that he's injury prone, they don't want to risk him with the January window here. Maybe it means that he isn't as quick and fast as we think he is maybe he can do it in spurts but he's just going to get injured again although you know this point is just not playing him as a result of that so I don't there's no real logic in that one person said he's not the hardest trainer but then another person said he was so maybe Moyes has an opinion of the of the first person that he's not the greatest trainer but whatever whatever the case is Moyes signed him you know, I mean, he was a Will Salthouse client, so I'll put that caveat in. But we did sign; he did sign him. Um, he was very good for Burnley. Burnley fans liked him. He's done well for Ivory Coast. All right, he's not been called into their African nations this um, tournament, but in the past he's done well, and he's what we need. You know, direct scores, goals, versatile. So the question is. The, the answer is nobody really knows except for David Moyes. So and I, unless I ask him, I don't know. Um, I think he feels he doesn't offer him enough defensively, even though he has played at left back before in his career. And he, and he doesn't think he works hard enough defensively. But what, what I don't understand is he gave him a chance against um, backer to Pola in Europe away, came on, made the goal for Sujek. What more can the fella do? I think he has to start against Bristol City um, in, in the weekend. There's absolutely no reason not to start him. Um, and and then he's just going to have to play out of his skin to try and prove to the manager that, that he has a future at this club. But my gut feeling would be that the manager might be looking to move him on in January and therefore if he played him and he got injured, which is a strong chance of that happening with the calf situation then the manager wouldn't be able to sell him so therefore rather than risk um, that he chose not to play him is my sort of assumption but as I say a lot of research has gone into this and a lot of people don't know the answer the only person that can tell you is David Moyes yeah so without wanting to step on the toes of your section do you think the club are proactively looking to move him on this month? Yeah, I mean, I think they'll see if, if a good offer comes in for him, I think they'll take it. I mean, why wouldn't they? Obviously, he's on a, a decent wage. I'm not, people don't like it when I talk about 
wages specifically for some reason, but I'll give you a range, so I'm not being specific, is in within 70 to 90,000, I think, uh, in, in terms of his basic wage. Um, so obviously getting paying that for a player that doesn't play is pointless, so obviously get him off the book for that. Um, I think, you know, he, he obviously doesn't count as homegrown. We need some homegrown players in there. Um, and he... Um, He's just um, just not featuring. So if we can get any, I think we'd take a big loss on him. You know, I think it'd be another Felipe Anderson or whoever, you know, a player mm. that we've spent big money on that we then, a couple of years later, take a big loss on. And I think, I think we'd take anything for him. I think Everton might be looking at him because of Sean Dyche, you know, former manager at Burnley. Burnley's former club might be looking at him as well um, and a couple of French teams. But, you know, the beauty we had with him is that he hasn't gone to the African nations. Ideally, if he was on form, you could argue he's the not the perfect replacement for Kudos because no one's going to be because he's that good, but certainly a decent attempt at a replacement for Kudos. And yet he doesn't look like he's going to get that chance to be it. Mm, that's incredible. I mean, to be honest, he, even before that injury, he didn't really get given opportunities as such, did he? He had no. cameos, but not a steady run in the team where he could really prove himself. And even with the cameos, I thought he came on and done well. I, like you, I, it's an absolute mystery, this. And I don't know if too many people have actually publicly asked David Moyes why he doesn't feature. Because I'd love to hear mm. his answer, because I think yeah. we're all scratching our heads, aren't we? Well, I, I think it's that, you know, I... I, I unfortunately, what I did used to have a couple of sources that were journalists that used to go to the press conferences and believe it or not, a little bit of an insight into the world of X. They used to ask me what sort of questions I want. I would want them to ask as a West Ham fan. So I used to be able to have that insight. I'd say, right, ask about this, ask about this. Unfortunately, those journalists no longer go to the press conferences apart from one. But what I might do is I might contact that journalist and just say, can you get that question to him? Because we need to know the answer. It's stupid to have mm. like this question that no one can answer, including, you know, like people high up in the football club um, as to, to why he doesn't play. And, and Moyes, even if Moyes just comes out and says, look, I don't particularly think he's deserved his chance yet for now. And Ben Rama have been more, you know, contributed more to my time at West Ham than he has. That's the what reason. You you might not agree with it, but at least you can get a, an insight into his thought process. At the moment, it is just a case of it being baffling. And I think he should clear that up personally. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, in terms of the players that did play, our patrons gave the Man of the Match award to Ariola, a whopping 73% of the votes. And in second place was Edson Alvarez with 24%. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I'd say that's spot on, to be honest with you. I think, you know, Ariola made a number of really important saves that kept us in the game. Ironically, did the same last time he played Brighton. So Brighton, you know, maybe he's their bogeyman now as their BR bogey team. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. So yeah, I agree. And I think Alvarez made some really good uh, tackles and interceptions and got himself in the way of things and started attacks really well. So yeah, I thought Ben Johnson actually played all right. I thought, you know, I thought, I thought he had a decent game. I thought he had a decent game at Liverpool as well, which, you know, considering he was on the, the fringes of uh, of basically going in January and probably still might be, I thought, considering he's been thrown in a couple of times, I thought he, I thought he did all right. But, yeah, I think those two were 
Well, I mean, you can argue on Bonner and Mavropanos had good games as well, but I think those two were definitely the standout ones for me. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to Ben Johnson, I would actually quite like to keep him as a squad player because he can play on the left or the right, can't he? But given yeah. the time of his homegrown career... Homegrown as well. Yeah, and, and he's homegrown, absolutely. But would he want to remain the squad player at West Ham? Which, realistically, that's what he'd be, wouldn't he, with Shufau mm. and uh, Emerson playing so well at the moment? I don't know. But, um, no, I also agree with those percentages, to be fair. Let's hear what the gaffer had to say after the game. Four clean sheets in a row, unbeaten yeah. over the festive season, and we're sixth in the Premier League. So, um, yeah. you know, we all want to win games, but yeah. you, sometimes you've got to respect the opposition, respect the, the way the game played. Oh, if you'd said to me at the start of the season against our bogey team, we would have uh, taken four points and rather been taking it all day long. Mm. But there's another part to it. You want, to, you want us to perform better with the ball and want us mm. to play better. Uh, we did we defended really well again mm. we were resilient with what we had we stuck at it which is a big part of football obviously Fonz is, is probably the, the star of the show but he showed again why you've, you've got so much faith in him yeah he had to make a couple of really good saves but Thomas missed a really good chance mm. to, for us to go 1-0 up and mm. recently we've been taking those opportunities mm. things that have been bobbing around the box uh, and we didn't get it so it, it fell actually I thought the chance we had just before half time from a wide free kick and we didn't score I thought mm. that probably made me think my goodness we're maybe not going to get anything tonight and uh, that was the way it was Were you pleased I mean you mentioned the way we defended obviously your back four was, was Ben, Dino, Sangelo and, and obviously Emerson who started regular this season but but they really did stick at it, didn't they? Showed real, you know, real organisation resilience. Oh, they, they done brilliant. They really did. The, the boys played brilliantly well we, mm-hmm. for the team we had out, and I thought we played better in the first half with the ball than we did the second half. Uh, we turned it over at the start of the second half three or four times, and it gave us the feeling that hey, we're not going to bother having the ball when we wanted the ball, mm-hmm. and. Uh, we were nearly nearly then playing on sort of scraps and mm. the odd counter-attack, you know, which wasn't nice to watch. But it was certainly a, certainly a good point to get. You obviously, you played yourself. When you don't play regularly, that, that match sharpness, and you could see at the end there was a few lads probably running on fumes a little bit, but, but they kept going. Yeah, well, look, we've had a lot of those boys playing Europa League mm. games and whatnot, so we're, most of them should all have had a, a little bit of time in... Mm. in things which we think we're ready for and I thought they showed it tonight you know, mm. Pablo, Said, Ben yeah. you know Dinos and Angelo have not played as many games as maybe others so we've had to make quite a few changes tonight and mm. uh, I actually think against a, a good Brighton team who've had to make changes yeah. as well yeah. uh, I think uh, I think it was a good result Assess the, the sort of festive period and obviously it's been a pretty happy Christmas and a happy New Year It's, it's been a brilliant for us to sort of win three and draw one out in the four games It's mm. it's been a good period for us but Look, we're, we're always in trying to say, I always judge my performances. Uh, I didn't really enjoy it tonight, but I got what I think is a, a hugely important point for us and uh, against which is one of the top teams in the country. We've got an FA Cup tie and then obviously we get a weekend off and, you know, obviously the, a winter break isn't something that's been around until quite recently, but it's probably coming at a good time for us. Yeah, well, t- if we've been honest, we've had a pretty good Christmas and New mm. Year. We've, we've been, I think we've had quite a, a fair programme at this mm. time of year for mm. what it could be mm. but let's be fair we're programmed before that wasn't fair mm. and uh, you know and you could question if was it fair that you know we can play gather kudos tonight mm. and, and other teams could play their African players yeah. so uh, from those points there's other things but I think that we've actually had a, with players have been able to have a couple of days off here and there mm. I think it's benefited them but uh, but yeah we're all, we're all uh, it looks like we're going to have a bit of a break with the, with the week we've got and uh, the players deserve it. They've had a really good front half of the season. And there- 
there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! No, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ex-Arsenal nil, West Ham United 2. What a night that was. It could have been worse for him if Saeed scores that penalty. That was a big bin, mate, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, massive. It was brilliant. You know, I wish he'd scored that penalty as well because that would have been <laughs> so, so funny given um, who conceded it. Um, yeah, and I, yeah. what, what confused me, and I don't, again, I don't know if I actually, you know, pulled my hands up. I haven't looked into this. I don't know if it's been answered, but I don't know why James Ward-Prowse didn't take that penalty. You know, he was on the pitch, penalty taker for Southampton. I know Ben Rama scored in the final for us last, so maybe, maybe you still give him it, but I would have and will Prowse take that because you know Rice knows where Benny takes his penalties and apparently he I did, again didn't see this because I was too busy trying to cheer the penalty on I was at the game but I didn't see it. apparently Rice told him where to dive um, told the keeper where to go and he got spawned. So he obviously knew usually where Benny places his penalties but yeah take that that one point out which I wish he'd scored it was brilliant. It was a great atmosphere. I had the pleasure. Um, I won't name them because I don't like to give too much away about people I mix with in West Ham circles. But I was out with a, a really top, top man and he'll know because he listens to the show. Um, and, uh, his son. And it was, a, it was just a great day. Met in the pub, um, with my, um, brother-in-law as well and it was just a real great day build up to it great atmosphere when we got there and then obviously West Ham just played really really well really really well and um, I thought it was a superb performance lovely to go there shut up that stupid um, whatever it's called our Ashburton Army or whatever they're called <laughs> uh, behind, the, behind the goal um, shut their stupid fans up it yeah. was quite uh, just some of the chants were, were funny as well and it was just a yeah great that was, that was one of my highlights of Christmas was that so yeah happy happy days loved it mate brilliant and what a result as well it's unbelievable. I mean, it, I mean, it goes back a long time, actually, but certainly within recent years, when we, we think about why West Ham can always seem to get a result against the bigger clubs, but outside of the top six, we tend to struggle. And I was thinking about this, and I, I genuinely think games like Arsenal away do suit our style of play. Because when we do soak up the inevitable pressure and hit them on the counter-attack and we execute it perfectly, we're a problem for sides like Arsenal. And that's what we did. We executed that game plan, the game plan that we always seem to implement, so well at the Emirates. And um, for poor old Deck, that's the second time he's lost to us this season, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, everyone knows I love Deck, but I do also <laughs> love the fact that this is happening. It's so funny. Like, you know, I don't know what, if only we'd scored that penalty. And like, you know, I say, I hold my hands up. Well, so much time for him and I know people don't like me saying that but I have but that I find the whole situation 
very amusing. You know, like, like yeah. he left West Ham because, uh, you know, he wants to go on and win things and then we've beaten them twice and knocked them out of a cup and <laughs> totally outplayed them in uh, uh, the Emirates. And, you yeah. know, it was just, it was just such a, such a good away day. That really, really good away day. Like one of those away days that will just stick in your head for ages because, like I say, the, the, you know, the, the meet up beforehand. I've never been to a game with my brother in law before, you know, and it was just, it was just had that one of those special, away days that you, that you won't forget and you know to get that result there and you know they've I, I can't remember their record but I don't think they've lost at home you know this, this season I know they lost to, to Fulham just after we we played them but I don't think they've lost at home all season so to go there and you know we could have won 3-4-0 I know they had chances but we had good chances as well and and we went there with our centre-back partnership of Ogbonna and Mavropanos two players mm. that had played a couple of times together in Europe and not look great uh, and without our captain and obviously Pakatar went off um, towards you know in the towards the end of the first half and we still went on and played like that and you, this is what I mean like how you can jump from the euphoria of that game to alright not the same nil nil draw at Brighton but to have that short memories to then to then be negative again like it, it was a great day a great day and I, and I loved it and I, I hope so much that when we play them again in February assuming we don't get them in the FA Cup at any point if we could beat them in the league and do the hat trick over them after the first season that he's left it's just another ironic thing to have over Arsenal including the you know the first team to win at Emirates the last yeah. team to win at Highbury it'd just be so funny if we could do that and um, yeah happy days great great day that was well when you talk about how funny it is if we do this and that we're six points behind Arsenal, you know. I know. <laughs> I mean, this that, is a stupid thing. Yeah, this is it. That is that is the mad thing. We're five points behind Tottenham. We're a point behind Arsenal in fourth. And I'm just saying, and obviously there's no expectations on my side with this, but just imagine if we'd done the hat-trick over them and we finished fourth and they finished sixth. Oh, I literally. And we won the Europa League. Yeah, mate, mate, you couldn't write it. You really mate, couldn't. It'd be, be it'd be superb. I mean, I'm looking at the league table now. You know, like you say, six points behind Manchester right, they've got a game in hand, but six points behind Manchester City, six points behind Arsenal, um, five behind Spurs, and then three above Brighton. You know, it, it, what, what is not to enjoy at the moment? Seriously, you know, you've got, we've got the European games to come as well. We've potentially you know hopefully going to bring in a couple of players in January more to come on that you know and it's it's not a bad time to be a West Ham fan you know in all my life I've only seen West Ham aside from obviously when we were in the championship and we got promoted um, those seasons I've only ever seen West Ham finish one place higher than where we currently are that was fifth under Harry Redknapp in what 1998 1999 whenever it is so why there's this so much doom and gloom I can't, I can't tell you mate I, I don't know what, what goes on really but um, for me you know yesterday wasn't great but I love in life love in beating Manchester United how we beat them as well you know we beat them convincingly it's funny to see the, the current state of them um, and you know, just yeah, just let's see what happens. Let's let's beat Bristol City. Let's beat Sheffield United away. You know, and and, and again, that's a great start to to the season to the um, new year. 
Yeah, absolutely. And no, we're looking very healthy. There's no two ways about it. I, I just go back to what I've said so many times before, and I think this is the reason why it does come on top for David Moyes, because of the style of play, because of the things that we wish he could do differently, because of some of the obvious tweaks that he could make in certain games and the way that he approaches certain teams, especially at home, when it could be so much more different. It's okay if we're getting results. It's brilliant if we're getting results. But if we're losing with that mentality and style of play, it's going to come on top for him so much more. But even even if we do get a Fulham away, for example, you know, if if we're sitting seventeenth or sixteenth, then I think it's highly justifiable. But if we have a game against Fulham away and we, we have a seriously bad day at the office or we have a game at home to Brighton where we, we've drawn nil-nil and, and it's diabolical to watch and we're sitting sixth in the league, I think we have to give a bit of leniency, don't we? Oh, yeah, definitely, mate. And, you know, you, of course, critique the performance. You know, we played badly against Fulham. There's, there's no two ways about it. It was dreadful. We, we, we fucked up against Liverpool. We shouldn't have picked that team and we should have no. played better. So by all means, you, you criticize these things and you, you're negative about it because, because you're judging those 90 minutes and that's fine. And you can criticize Moyes as much as you want. And you can, and everyone, as I say, no one has a wrong or right opinion, but in my opinion, you have to look at the bigger picture all the time. And as you just said there, rightfully so, if we were 18th, 19th, and we played like that against Brighton, you'd say, look, how, how are we going to get out of this? But in the grand scheme of things, it is fine. And, and it just try to take a stock on things is what I would advise. But you know, as I say, I'm not m- more right than anyone else. But it, it just, to me, baffles me at times because, like I say, we're... We're we're good. Things are fine. You know, whether they'll be like that at the end of the season, I don't know. But we'll see how January goes. You know, things could be worse at the African nations. I was looking at it. Um, The fixtures this morning, you know, we got Bristol City um, this weekend, which I, um, you know, I probably wouldn't have played kudos in if we didn't have to um, because of the fact that, you know, you might give him a rest and stuff and you'd hope that your rotated players um, would be able to do the business. Then you've got a week off. Um, and then you've got Sheffield United away so of all the teams to play right, ideally you might want them at home but it's not that much worse to have them them away um, and then and then you've got Bournemouth at home and then you've got another week off and then you've got Bournemouth at home on the 1st of February you know so, so actually kudos Mayo and Aguered may only miss one more league game so even that's more positive than I'd perhaps digested previously. Mm. I'll tell you what, though, going back to the Arsenal game, at first I was so pleased that Keys and Gray provided definitive proof that that ball was in play from Bowen. And then I was like, do you know what? I'm fucking gutted. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think the win would have been even sweeter, wouldn't it? Yeah, if, yeah. Uh, if it was proved that it was out of play. But um, needless to say, oh, fucking, it's just always nice beating them. And obviously uh, a, a great header from Dinos as well. Yeah. Um, ironically scoring his first goal for West Ham against his old club, buzzing for him after what's been a difficult season at times. But we have to talk about Bonner. I mean, he rolled back the years that night, X, didn't he? To give an outstanding performance. 
Totally, mate. He was absolutely brilliant. And when I saw that team, you know, I was I was concerned with him there. Yeah, I think I we all were. We, yeah. yeah, I thought with like you know Saka and Martinelli and Jesus and everything. I thought they would just tear him apart. But credit to the man. Oh, I love Ogbonna. I'm, I'm so pleased for him that he came in and played that well because he's such a. I mean, I've, I've never met the fella, but when you see the interviews and stuff, he just comes across so well, and he's like such a great servant of the club now. And for him to come in and play like that I thought he was absolutely sensational I thought he had a good game um, yesterday as well so you know if he can you know, I mean like, who knows whether this is going to be his last season or not at his age 35 you'd probably speculate that it is going to be his last season but if he can continue to play like that for the rest of the season what a way to, to bow out and yes mate like but he won the patron man of the match that for um for that game and entirely deserved it. Again, I thought Alvarez was very good in that game. I thought Maverick Barlos was very good in that game. But yeah, he had to give it to Bonner and um yeah, fair play to him and I'm I'm delighted for him. Yeah, he's a great lad, Hoggy as well. Great mm. lad. Great servant to West Ham as well over the years, that's for sure. Mm. Poor old Declan Rice, eh? Hundred million dollar train, West Ham win again. <laughs> so funny, I know, it really is. Like, like, just, when he when he, he almost like I don't know, don't know if he caught it on the cameras because I've not watched it back. Uh, but uh, I mean, I have seen the, the highlights back, but I didn't really see this. He's kind of smirked when he yeah, gave yes, away he the penalty. It was just yeah. to say, oh, I can't fucking believe this. It, it yeah. was that sort of smile, you know. Yeah, yeah that was exactly. funny. He did. You're was, right. It was funny, and then at the end, he was in like. It was really awkward for him because obviously I think in his head he thought I'm going to come and clap the West Ham fans and fair play to him for doing that because you know he took a bit of stick throughout the game but he still wanted to come over but because obviously the West Ham players were over there celebrating he kind of like was on the edge of going over to clap us but couldn't quite get there because it would it looked weird and it's just it's just funny like (laughs) like I said I don't have anything against the fella I love he's a top guy but you know from a West Ham fan perspective it's funny if you're you know your star man or whatever walks out on you because he he wants to go and better his career or whatever and you beat him twice in a row you know you can't you can't not love that you're not a true fan if you don't love that so say so, yeah, happy days on that one yeah very true well it's Bristol City in the FA Cup this weekend as we said uh, they're currently 11th in the championship how do you expect David Moyes to approach that game and are you confident of getting a result or is this a potential banana skin it's definitely a potential banana skin. I'm never confident with West Ham in, in cup competitions against lower lower teams. I've always I've been scarred one too many times by that. But it, it's going to really depend on the team he picks. And if I if I was him, I personally would try and get a blend. But I would actually rather than play the likes of Funhouse or Ben Rama, who we keep sort of having as our fringe players. I would actually give a couple of the academy lads to go now so I'd have you know so in goal you'd have either Ariola or um, 
Fabianski, probably Fabianski as it's a cup game. I would keep Ben Johnson at right back, see if he can build on on that performance yesterday. And obviously there's no need to play Sheffield. Keep uh, Ogbonna and Mavropanos, but with the idea of maybe bringing on Casey, uh, Kalen Casey at centre-back, I'd be tempted to play Oliver Skulls at left-back. I'd also be tempted to try and get... Lewis Orford and maybe Callum Marshall or George Earthy maybe into that starting lineup somehow um, or at least on the bench to come on and then the rest be your sort of more experienced players. I'd keep Ward Prowse in there, I think, for the set pieces and the experience. And I'd I'd probably keep um, Alvarez in there. Um, but but then again, that said, I think Connor Coventry should get a chance. So I think he's just going to get a good blend between academy players that haven't had their chances yet. Oh, and I'd get Cornet in there as well and a few experienced players. So largely rotation, I would say, but um, not too much we jeopardise yeah, I, I, yeah, I think you're right. I, I, I'm not sure I would make wholesale changes. I think yeah, mainly so, because we've got a, a, a break coming up. You know, yeah, that's got, the thing. Like, yeah, that's spot on. That is the thing because yeah. it's got the break after. I think you're right. You don't have to make. If it was like in the middle of a packed out few weeks, then you'd make more. But I do. I, I, as I was saying, it that was the thing niggling in the back of my mind that because there is a break, you might not need to make that many. But I do think you've got to try and give at least one or two of the academy lads a chance because when else are they going to get mm. their chance if you don't yeah 100% mate 100% and they've earned it as well so at some yeah, point exactly. you've got to give opportunities to those that have earned it so yeah yeah no I agree okay it's that time again away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for McDonald's maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com and there it is that's as good as it gets on this stage Nissan Townstar EV strikes again it's an unstoppable van unstoppable just fantastic you can actually see the pro pilot technology in action effortless parallel parking it moves with all the confidence that comes with a five year warranty and with a bench full of all star van experts there's real strength in depth here that's all star quality search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all star van centre to see for yourself Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.